0: We continue to read from the Acts of the Apostles and we see how the early Church developed, how it grew, and how the people came to know the Father, the Father's love for humanity through His Son. Today we hear the from the Acts of the Apostles the story of the was known as the Second Missionary Journey of St. Paul. After St. Paul and Barnabas and Silas returned back to Antioch, and they begin to prepare for the, second, for the second missionary journey. It, it was, it was uh, Barnabas who took John Mark, his cousin. He went to Cyprus. And it was St. Paul who took Silas along with him. And instead of going to Cyprus first, because Barnabas was there already, St. Paul decided to take the... Uh, the overland journey and visiting the various places in the, um, the present-day Turkey, which were established as, as churches, and that included a place called the Lystra, as you may remember, Lystra, Derby, Lystra, and 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 uh, and uh, a place where Saint Saint Paul met the family of uh, of Timothy, the grandmother, who was there. So St. Paul goes back to the churches, even though the places where he was persecuted, he wants to go there to strengthen, to reconfirm Christians in their faith. And that's what he does. And, you know, and there is kind of an unusual situation because uh, in Lystra, what he does is he, he, he meets meets um, Timothy, uh, the Lystra iconium, Area, he meets Timothy, and then because uh, Timothy was well known, and so the Orthodox Jews uh, still holding on to the Jewishness, they know that that uh, that Timothy's mom was Jewish, uh, his father was was Greek. So what happened is that Saint Paul encourages and asks Timothy to be circumcised. It's kind of interesting because Saint Paul, you know, especially coming back from Rome. Uh, from that Jerusalem uh, council, they knew this was, circumcision was not expected. And yet St. Paul wants to make sure that Timothy will undergo it for the sake of deference, that there are those who were um, uh, of, uh, of, of, uh, of Jewish origins and especially they were very faithful they felt that Timothy, unless he is circumcised, that he was Jewish, that he was not a Gentile, but he was Jew, uh, and, and so they wanted to make sure that, that they will look at Timothy as someone who is respected for his faith. Okay, this is kind of interesting, you know, what St. Paul would do, because although he did not demand it from, from the Gentiles, and yet he asked Timothy to do so. Now, what we see is Timothy continues on a journey and he continues going up north north, uh, and, and wishes to establish new missionary missionary places near Black Sea. But yet the Holy Spirit does not guide him there. And here we see how St. Paul is attentive in prayer to where the Holy Spirit was guiding him, how attentive he was. And so he couldn't go into the area, the northern part of, of Turkey near the Black Sea, but he was moved to go into another area to Macedonia. He has that experience of that young man inviting him, come to help us, come and help us, come introduce us to to a life of of faith. You know, beautiful expression of both hearing attentively, you know, listening to even to dreams that whether God is speaking to him. And, And so what we have here is Paul, Sets out this journey to new places, new territories, where Christianity has not been established, and so that's what he does. But you know, that's we see how how God, how God guides Saint Paul, and I think for us, we always have to know that the Lord does speak to our hearts, that He does speak to us through our pious thoughts, inspirations, that when we are in prayer. That if we listen attentively there's a movement of the heart that it tells us what the lord wants us to do sometimes to overcome great obstacles but but the lord is there you know and 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 especially when we read the scriptures the scriptures allow us to have this dialogue within our hearts not only what we read you know from from god's word but also as the, the way the the word of god you know, touches us, touches our hearts. And what do we do with that word? Because it's the truth. is the truth how God is revealing himself to us. And so for us, we are to, to embrace it, to say yes to the Lord, even ask him. He says, Lord, help me to understand. How am I, how am I to understand your word? What am I to do about it? How could I inculcate it? How could I put it into my life? You know, even, even if I have to modify my way of, of living today, what do I need to do? To whom should I let go and forgive? Because sometimes we still hold on to grudges and so we have to ask lord how how am i to let go of things which which i carry in my heart which actually is dragging me down or was producing within me a, a type of resentments which i don't want them to be there because i want to to let go just as you have asked me to forgive so so i want to forgive and um, so those are the, yeah, from the Acts of the Apostles, you know, the attentive listening to God's voice and bringing the gospel message to to the places where it has never been preached. Now, in our gospel today, from chapter 15 of St. John's Gospel, as you know, this is that beautiful moment where the Lord speaks to to his disciples before his suffering. It is between, you know, when, when they... The disciples ate the last meal where he established the Eucharist, and then he speaks to them. Speaks to them about some things which are the most important. Among others, how they are to remain in in the love that he has given to them. How they are to stay close to the Father, as the Father wants to come and enter our hearts. It is by living the commandments living the the commandment of love above all but today the Lord is telling us something which which um, which is kind of warning to us you know the warning warning about the world that does not accept us if the world hates you realize that it has hated me first and because if you would belong to the world the world will love you but since you don't belong to the world uh, because I have chosen you out of the world. The world rejects you. The world hates you. And you know, and kind of thinking about you know the the persecution of the early Christians, and of course today too, there's uh, there's great deal of persecution. Why? Why was there so much persecution? Why was was yes? We know that. You know the, the 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 world does not accept, and of course, for 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 Saint John, the world is the environment, a social cultural environment, which 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 uh, which is interested only in the world, in this world here and now. It doesn't want to open its doors. It does not want to open its. It's, its hard to God, to God's word. So, so this is kind of definition of the world in which John describes to us that this world does not want to listen to, to God's word. But I have to look at the original, you know, during the time when John wrote this, this gospel, which is around year one, 100, maybe 100, 510 100, thereabout. So, so this, this gospel is written already, where John recalls the words of Christ how he's, 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 he he recalls the words how the Lord wanted us to be prepared for troubles, for difficulties, for rejections, for persecution. You know, and, and there's one place in the gospel he says to us, Jesus says, you know, do not... be prepare yourself beforehand what you are to say when when they bring you before synagogues, when they bring you before magistrates, when they accuse you of all things. He says, no, I will give you the grace to say what you need to say, how you are to defend yourself. But now you know we we see that this persecution has taken place. First of all, you know the early on, in before uh, immediately, almost immediately after after the resurrection. And then there was a some types of period, period quiet period. Then as it began to grow, it's Saint Paul and the second wave of persecution. Then you have also now after year seventy, when when Rome Rome destroyed Jerusalem, and there was much much persecution where. Many of the Jewish and people, especially also Christians, were, were forced out of, of the city of Jerusalem and they were scattered every place. Why was, was the Roman government so against Christians? It was very simple. You know, the, the church, the, church uh, the Christians, first of all, were considered to be uh, or were regarded as disloyal citizens of Rome they were considered as disloyal, why? Rome was a vast empire, and it wanted to bring uniformity. You know, it was known as, it brought many good things, you know, to throughout the world, it was known as Pax Romana, you know, justice, system of justice, things like that. But but it also wanted to have some forms of uniformity. One of the uniformal things was that the people, the citizens of Rome, and the people living in the empire, would offer sacrifice to Caesar, Caesar being God. Even though it didn't start that way, the emperors of Rome were not considered to be God, and yet they utilized this. Some were considered him to be, to be God. Is sort of you know God. So so therefore, uh, the the Roman citizens were expected once a year to offer incense to the uh, to to Godhead of Caesar. And of course, Christians couldn't do that. For them, Christians consider the only one is Jesus, is, the, is Lord. Jesus is Lord. They cannot be idolatrous. And of course, immediately, you know, this was considered to be an act of disloyalty. This was considered to be an act punishable by death. And then so all of, all of a sudden, Christians who wanted to be very faithful to God, all of a sudden, they had to face the consequences of, of, of something that they understood in their heart. But the consequences were very difficult and painful, p- p- persecution and often death, and often death. That's what happened because because it was considered to be public disloyalty to the government. But that's not just the government itself where considered Christian I- illegal, They're illegal. But it was also the, 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 the mob, which is the people themselves, the people who persecuted Christians. And why would they persecute Christians? Obviously, they considered them to be some, somebody who kind of sets themselves apart. So that so they were considered what? They were considered to be uh, insurrectionists, that they, they, they were fomenting some form of a social-cultural revolution. And so they didn't want them. You know, you know, today in the world today, you know, people wanted to sort of belong. Even, even we understand that 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 this the pressure to conform is so high, especially pressure to conform if the media, of the cultural, you know, powerful media is pushing for certain type of values. The, you know the young people, especially, are under such such powerful influence. They, they, you know, they're trying to push them to conform. And of course, here, you know, uh, the, the, the 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 mob, you know, the mobs, the, the different 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 groups, nationalities in, in the empire, were pushing the Christians, and accusing them of being insurrectionists, being fomenting this type of uh, cultural revolution because they didn't want to follow the, the, the you know, the, the, the laws especially of, of you know, in, in, in offering incense to the Caesar. But not only that, but they were also called cannibals. Why? Because they were partaking of the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. And so they were being accused, you know, I guess obviously wrongly, but that they were cannibals. So, so, I mean, just imagine the social social environment in which they were living. They were called insurrectionists, they were considered cannibals, because on account of, of partaking of the Eucharist. But not only that, they were also considered to be flagrant, to be immoral, because what happened is that Christians were known when they get together, they were, they were greeting each other with a sign of kiss, and they had this agape, and agape was considered to be love, so it's a you know, it's a feast of love, and so they were considered that maybe they have some other type of 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 evil, evil practices, orgies, whatever, and so so they were accused of that they were not only, they were also considered to, to be tampering with the social structures, families, because sometimes when people became Christians, not parents, did not accept their children who became Christians, you know, there's a type of family difficulties uh, uh, that ensued. And so here we have, we have Christianity, those who wish to follow Christ, were all of a sudden not only considered, you know, disloyal citizens, but also in an environment, social environments, they were considered to be sort of outlaws, to be kind of strange. And yet, and yet, what did they offer, wish to offer the society? Completely something different. Where Christians were, they took care of the poor, they took care of the sick, they took care of those who are in need. The widows, orphans, they were were not, that which they were accused of was obviously, you know, a total lie. Because if they were to be looked at and yet, because they wanted to be loyal to Christ, because they wanted to be loyal and faithful to the Eucharist, because they wanted to be faithful and loyal to the commandment of love, all these accusations were being thrown at them and, and the persecution was there. Today too. Why is Christianity why is Christianity so opposed by so many circles, by by you know, by 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 uh, this type of liberal movements and governments and 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 that being accused that we're the ones who are actually are, are, are bucking the system. No, we're, we're actually we want to live a life that leads us to eternal happiness. We want to live a life that is the truth. Live a life that 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 is that we live with justice. We take care, we take care of those who are in need. You know, this is, the, the, this is ultimately what Christianity is all about. Maybe not all the Christians are that faithful. Maybe some have sold out. And we know that in the world of politics and social structures, we see how many, even how many Catholics have sold out. They, they consider it to be, you know, secular values, which are anti-Christian. They espouse them, they promote them, and they push them. You know, but at the same time, we as Christians, we have to find our source of strength in Jesus. In, in his teaching, in his guidance, because this is the leaven that transforms the world. Because we know where, where different ideologies led to, whether communists or Nazis or, or any types of Mao, Mao Zedong, we see where those ideologies lead. As Christians, ultimately, Christianity gives us the very foundation of what the truth is, where our life is all about, what our life is to be, where the good and true blessings flow, and so as we continue with this sacred liturgy and we hear God's word, that, that the Lord Jesus is warning us, don't be afraid of being persecuted because if they have persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. But know that the Father's love will always be there for you, that you never have to be you feel that you have been abandoned by God. God will give you, and not only will he give you the strength, to overcome all these trials and difficulties, but He also will give you the joy of knowing God, knowing God's love, God's forgiveness, mercy, God's union, because you know the Lord ultimately is establishing or inviting us to a personal relationship with Him. He is our closest friend. He is our our God, the Father is our true Father. And, And then we have also the gift of Our Lady, you know the mother of jesus is the mother of us all and during this month of may especially in a special way we are to be mindful of her role in a in a powerful way how many times she would visit visit people who were you know uh, under persecution they were invited to 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 rely on her to rely on her mother care, care with this, you know, whether we have these great places and events like we have, you know, Guadalupe or, or, or we have Fatima or, or Lourdes or or places like Chanchohova or, or other places in the Philippines, um, you know, in African countries, Kibero, you know, places where a lady comes and she is the one who is reminding, reminding us that it is worth to follow the Lord, but above all, We need to stay strong through prayer, through conversion of heart, through sacraments, especially the Eucharist, because then we will have not only the strength to overcome the trials, difficulties, but we'll have also the power and and the grace to make us truly happy, to make us fulfilled, to make us, you know, uh, make us people that, that, that understand why we do the things we do is because the Lord has chosen us. I have called you out of this world for a special relationship. I have called you out of this world. I have chosen you. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you so that you may share the divine glory. I have chosen you so that you be witnesses of who I am to others. I have chosen you because I want to give you the greatest gift. Is divine life, divinity. And may we, by special gifts that God gives us, that we share them with others, that we, you know, we we pray for others, we give witness to others. It is by our love, by our happiness, by our fulfillment. These are the things that people will see. Why are they, as Saint Peter would say, why are they so so happy? Why are they Seemingly at peace. Why give witness when they ask you? Because that will be a moment of conversion for others. So may the Lord then today, who is guiding us not only through, through the witness and example of St. Paul, how he lived his life fully for him, Christ was his life, his life was Christ, his death was, 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 was actually a gain. And for us, what Jesus says through us, through the Gospel of John, That we should not be afraid, because we will experience persecution, but also we will experience the joys and fulfillment of a Christian life lived well that, that takes us in that fullness of time to the kingdom of God.
1: Are you a Marian Helper?